0: Welcome to Aetherius Radio Live, the Hour of Truth, with Richard Lawrence and Chrissy Blake. Well, welcome everybody to Aetherius Radio Live, brought to you on Body, Mind, Spirit Radio on every third Tuesday of the month. Discover the cosmic message for this age revealed through Master of Yoga, Dr. George King, between 1954 and 1997. Well, today, your host, Chrissy Blaze, will be joined with our regular guest, Alison Lawrence, and they will be discussing how we can help the Mother Earth. So without further ado, I'll give you Chrissy Blaze and Alison Lawrence. Thank
1: you, Noemi. Thank today you. We have Noemi. Hi there, Alison. Hello, Again, Chrissy. To you.
0: Uh,
1: today, we have Noemi Bates. Uh, producing the show as she does from time to time that uh, yes, Mickey, yes. Uh, couldn't make it today so we're very blessed to have Noemi, who's also very uh, good at this job of production so thank you so much for being here
2: Yes and thanks Alison,
1: for stepping in yes yes lovely to hear you and uh, as Noemi said you are a regular guest on a serious radio live uh allison for listeners is a very uh, senior person in the Aetheria society she's an international director she's a bishop she's a dear and long-standing friend of mine uh she's also the wife i don't want to say this but the wife of richard lawrence uh the co-host of the show and uh, today the topic was chosen by alison which is a very very important one for us all how can we help the earth and Uh, Alison, 2021 is a a very difficult year, I think, for many people, but I think it will be remembered not just for the coronavirus, but also for the Earth, Uh, because uh, in August, the United Nations announced it was code red for humanity, with global warming dangerously close to spiraling out of control, which would cause climate disruptions for decades, if not centuries. And there have been marches uh, for climate change globally. And in September, over 4 million people marched in over 90 countries. And of course, this is from the perspective the Earth, from the perspective of humanity, which is not what we're going to be talking about today. No, absolutely. Yeah, still it's a step in the right direction, I think, that we are focusing on the Earth and realizing how important this planet is Uh, Alison, where you are, over in the United Kingdom.
0: Yes, uh, we've we've been in the
1: thick of it. (laughs) You're in the thick of it, yeah. Yes, we are. Just briefly uh, give us an update on what transpired, because I think um, the UN Climate Change Conference took place uh, in Glasgow, where I think it ended a
2: few days ago, right, November the 12th? Yes, I mean, they had noble aspirations, if you like, But uh, each time they met, it was uh, diminished, it was sort of watered down. But however, what we call the COP26 climate climate summit was the first ever climate summit to set a goal of phasing out fossil fuels. Um, So that was very definite. And also, on top of that, 100 world leaders promised to end and reverse deforestation because um, you know, we think about the oil polluters and the coal polluters, but, I mean, the, the, the large forests such as the Amazon Forest and the, the large, the jungles of Indonesia are vital to the health of our atmosphere. And, you know, uh, people, they're just cutting down the trees just so they can earn money. And, uh, you know, it, that is going to accelerate global warming. Um, But, of course, you know, the the target is 1.5 degrees Celsius, so the the maximum that we can allow this increase to, you know, to, to happen. But all the various plans will not be enough to limit the global heating to that degree. And at the end of the day, all the commitments have been watered down to end global coal emissions. India won't do it, China won't do it, Russia won't do it. So the latest is that there's going to be another meeting next year uh, to uh, start the talks all over again. (laughs) But of course, they're thinking of themselves, they're thinking of their, you know, the next generation, they're thinking about their lives, they're not thinking about the earth as a living entity
1: exactly i mean as we said it's a
2: step in the right direction but there needs to be this
1: complete change of focus and you know all this is good and we are at least paying attention but we're missing this obvious it's like the elephant in the room you know it's it's typical of mankind (laughs) that we are primarily concerned about ourselves and this is the big problem on this earth it's this selfishness i remember alison when i first Came to the ethereal society for a lecture which i was i think i was 16 at the time and one of the prominent early members keith hope Robertson, was giving a lecture uh, about the earth and he said and i remember it so clearly because the words just stuck in my mind we are just germs on the body of a great and mighty goddess right
2: yes it shook
1: me up from my young slumber and i thought and It just inspired me in some strange way inspired me and I thought yes because I recognized that was truth that was truth and I think if that's such an important message and if people on this earth got that message there would be a whole change of focus so it's great Alison that you've decided to talk about this
2: topic today yes I mean there are so many aspects to it and there are things that we, in the serious society are actively doing to help the mother Earth as a living being, and of course we're going to go into that later on but uh yeah, yeah exactly um and this is this is a place
1: I want to start if you bear with me Alison. yes uh, it's it's um talking about the Earth as a living breathing intelligence um, this is something that not just we and the Aetherius Society and other mystic, mystics have said over the centuries, but science also now is, uh, has, not just now, but for over a century, recognized this, this fact. In fact, as far back as the 18th century, um, James Hutton, who is regarded as the father of geology, described the earth as a type of super-organism Yes,
2: that's right. That has come up since as well. Uh, Some years ago, I think there was um, the Czech Prime Minister. He was very much in favour of uh, helping the Mother Earth. He recognised that. I I remember that because I I gave a lecture uh, some years ago about the living Mother Earth. And this is, uh, this is uh, something that actually came up, that we should really revere and help the planet upon which we live. Because conditions are so perfect for us, it's sort of too much of a coincidence. There has to be some greater mind, some greater intelligence behind it to keep sustaining life as we, even just life as we know it, and everything that exactly. that entails. Exactly.
1: Um, you will remember also James Lovelock the Gaia Hypothesis in uh, yes. 1979 uh, proposed the idea that the Earth is a single living entity. In 2008, it, things have progressed over the years as they should. Um, space.com published a news item that said the Earth's atmosphere was known to breathe in a cycle lasting nearly a month. Well now scientists say the planet takes a quick breath every few days which they didn't expect actually in 2013 oh. John Nelson I met John actually at a conference in London very interesting scientist who's done a lot of very fascinating research where well, he put together a year's worth of the seasonal transformations of the earth and what these look like from out of space and what's the Oh are that's interesting speak, Yeah it's fantastic you can see it on YouTube once these are arranged in a sequence, which he did, you can see the Earth's in and out movement as she is breathing. You just see it. It's almost like a highly advanced person breathing in and out. It's so uh, fascinating. So, okay, we believe the Earth is obviously a living, breathing intelligence. Science is finally catching up to that. And now humanity has to realize, has to catch up with that another very significant thing and i know you're interested in this too alison yes is what is known as the schumann's resonance and i could talk for hours about this because it's so fascinating but that's not the main purpose of the show but no um, no but
2: it is definitely worth mentioning because it's it certainly gives, the gives it a to idea them. i i'm sorry because having the understanding this concept is that I think sort of encouraging people to think along those lines more and be in harmony with the, the ancient civilizations that did revere the Mother Earth.
1: Absolutely, you know, and it gives us a deeper understanding of her own advancement. It was actually 1953 that Professor Schumann, who was named after the University of Munich, discovered that the Earth produces very specific vibrational pulsations. And a year later, he, together with another doctor, I think it was Dr. Koenig, who was to become his successor, confirmed that the frequency was 7.83 hertz, uh, which they called the Schumann's resonance. And other other people have called it the Earth's heartbeat, which is really, really interesting. But they also think that that could be higher now because of all the changes that have taken place. That 7.83 may be higher now. But we're actually living on a planet as we know, that constantly emits the frequency and energy of that L-O-V-E. And this is because the Schumann resonance, they have found through experiments, actually heals people. And when we are taken away from this, and they did an experiment by putting young, healthy people in a bunker for a period of time, they became very ill and sickly and so forth. And when they came out again, they felt better, they were better again. So this has a wide range of beneficial effects on humans, uh, even to things like accelerated uh, learning and so forth. So when they found that when a biological system like us vibrates yes. at this frequency, it's in a state of attunement or resonance with the planet's own magnetic frequencies.
2: Well, it's interesting is absolutely you, you, fascinating. you say that because um, <clears throat> there's been some research into the 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 Great Pyramids of Giza. And uh, there's one particular researcher called Christopher Dunn, and he's been inside the King's Chamber. And there, believe it or not, there are are huge granite beams. There are 43 huge granite beams, each weighing 70 tons. And he did some experimentation in uh, finding the harmonic, the note, that makes them resonate together. And that is the the note of F sharp. And when that is when that note is played, they all start to sort of sing in harmony with that note. And the other person who found this out was Paul Horn. Well I'm sure we've all really. been we've all heard his music and there's a yeah. granite box inside also inside the the great pyramid and that resonates at 438 cycles hertz cycles and that is f sharp again and uh, in in ancient india they revealed the mother earth and that was considered to be the note Um, there's some uh, native americans in uh, oregon who uh, there's one particular, I think he must be a chief or a musician, and he, he, he tunes his flute at F-sharp to be in harmony with the Mother Earth. And I think that this, uh, this technology, this it's a undiscovered science, uh, which was, I think, formed at the time or discovered at the time of Atlantis, Because pyramids, they all sort of appeared around the world at roughly the same time. They're much older than the sort of the archaeologists would have us believe. And they're really uh, sort of collectors of energy. Because there's energy coming from the earth, like seismic energy. And it releases a pulse. And somehow they're able to collect this and then use it. And this is is another very interesting aspect of this science, this resonance that you're you're talking about, the Schumann's resonance.
1: Yeah, it's very fascinating, Alison. Thank you for sharing that. Do you think then that the uh, the Schumann's resonance, the 7.83 hertz or whatever it is now,
2: this frequency, is the same thing as the F sharp, the sound? I mean it could, it could be it could be I mean you can you can get singing bowls that are attuned to that in fact I've just got one and uh, I'm I'm doing some experimentation myself with crystals and I want to see if I can tune them because you can you can tune a crystal however you want and if you tune it to that sound it'll pick up that vibration and hold them and I think we'd be able to tune in, not to the the Logos, the living essence of the earth, but somehow some emanations, just some aspect of the earth that brings us closer to her, you know, this great being. Exactly. And you realize,
1: I think, don't you, when you hear these things, Alison, that the, the earth really is like our mother. She's always giving and giving to us. And you know this is one example of that how she gives to us so that if we're in in harmony with her we can be healed we can be strengthened and this is how we're supposed to be and you know mankind has become more and more disconnected to the earth and actually i was reading when i was researching my book about that topic that uh, in scientific american there were studies done about children now they don't some of them don't even want to go outside because they will be you know, away from their computers and away from their smartphones. Oh dear, I know. So on. <laughs> that's the next and generation. All, exactly, and there's become a fear of the Earth, of going out into the Earth, which is so sad.
2: Oh, so no, That needs true. to be,
1: you know, that has to be changed because we need her. She is like our mother. She is, um, we need to gain that attunement again. And this, Alison, this disconnect with the Earth and even each other, which is happening now, seems to be, even greater than it has been. Um, In the 12 blessings, I want to just ask you about this. The Master Jesus says in the seventh blessing, he says, ye are commanded to think of these things, that is the things which he uh, expressed in this beautiful blessing. And then he said, and spread them like seeds of truth. Then, dear friends, you will be helping the great one in the limitations she has accepted upon your behalf. So this is one of the few times that we hear that you will be helping the Great One. So how do you think people listening to this show, and how do you think they could follow this decree from the Master Jesus?
2: <clears throat> well, I, I definitely think that we have to look at ourselves as a planetary race, because we are one race. You know, you can't say, well, one person is uh, one race or different religion. We, we're just different expressions of the same race. And we have to put aside our differences. We have to come together as one. We have to spiritualize ourselves. And we will then be helping the Mother Earth. We will be far more in harmony with her. Um, the Devic Kingdom will be able to manipulate these energies and, okay, major may be on, in the short term for our benefit, but it will be for the benefit of the planet herself. Because if we advance, we become more attuned to higher caliber energies, finer energies. And it will be easier for the Earth, especially after her great initiation, which I know is something you're going to talk about. Um, you know, we, we, there is a time limit, Also, that we have to be aware of, you know, we haven't got forever to change and we've got to stop fighting each other, dropping bombs, atomic experimentation. Although, thank goodness, that's that has stopped pretty much apart from uh, North Korea. (laughs) But, uh, you know, there was a time in the 50s and the 60s when, uh, you know, it was, a, it was a, a show. People went to actually view the detonation of an atomic bomb in the, in the, in the Mojave Desert. You know, it was a, absolutely atrocious. Yes, exactly. So, I was, I'm sorry. You no, know, I, I mean, that's the sort of thing. And a lot of these, these messages that were given to us, uh, you know, the cosmic teachings or transmissions were given at that time when there was a total disregard I mean we were just ripping the planet apart it was you know it, there's no regard for the planet at all and I think thank goodness the mindset is changing in that respect but we have to take it a step further you know, and Absolutely. so we have to get the message through that's not just for our benefit, but for the benefit of the planet. And if we're given a directive by a cosmic master, like the Master Jesus, then we have to obey it. Absolutely. I mean, and uh... <clears throat> There is another point, and that's a transmission delivered by the Master of Theories. This is the hour of truth. And he points out to us. The total disregard that we have for the planet upon which we live and it can't go on indefinitely. Absolutely. And the earth, the planet, the Logos has taken upon herself some of the karma of the human race and that's a terrible thing for her to be doing. And you know the the karmic bell will toll and if we don't change Change will be forced upon us. And I think that the catastrophic weather conditions that we've had over the last couple of years, I mean, look at the terrible floodings and the fires. I mean, who's ever heard of forest fires in Siberia? You know, everything is upside down. And the volcanic eruptions, I mean, this is ongoing. You know, now that's beyond our control. You know, we're not responsible for La Palma erupting. I mean, okay, people are trying to come up with uh, ideas that we are, but I mean, Etna's erupting, there's uh, uh, Krakatoa's uh, moving, and there's uh, possible eruptions in Iceland. So, you know, people are, something is happening. There's something happening within the earth that is changing, and it's a wake-up call to us
1: absolutely and humanity wants to think that it can control the earth but in fact these all of these things that are happening makes you realize more and more i think that we are just germs on the body of a great and mighty goddess and you know you talked about alison you talked about uh, i think this is a very important message we can't say it enough that we are one family on this earth you know we have to be uh, we're living on the earth together anything else is stupidity but also, I, I like to think about planet Earth as part of a cosmic family around the sun, the planets. And yes, these are all and... like, the, like the Earth. They're yeah, extremely advanced living intelligences who communicate, I believe, and form patterns through their orbits which affect humanity, all life on, on this Earth and all life on the planets, which is the basis, I believe, of astrology uh, as absolutely. above so below. You're
2: absolutely right.
1: Yeah, and through, through our Master's mediumship, we learned, Alison, as you know, that the ionosphere, also called in the ancient text, I think the ring pass knot, was purposefully placed around the Earth to protect humanity from cosmic ray bombardment. At our stage in evolution, which on the whole is very low, we would have been unable to withstand these. And I'd just like to read a sentence. This is given, Alison, by um, the karmic lord Mars Sector 6, on May the 31st, 1958, and he said, we should be able to withstand the cosmic bombardment from the visible and invisible suns, that's interesting, without having to filter this through ionospheric layer. But you cannot do this, you would perish. But he also says, the planet as an entity needs this particular energy in order that she may undergo her cosmic initiation. So Alison, we learn that the Earth needs this energy, and yet she has agreed for this to be shielded from her. Can you, anything you'd like to, sh- you know, shed any light on this? Are there things that we can do to help bring down this ionosphere and so allow the Earth this bombardment which she so needs?
2: Well, this is a, a very a, a big step towards the New Age, the ionosphere. <clears throat> I mean you have to look at the history of our planet. When we came here from uh, Maldek, which was now the asteroid belt which we destroyed, we came here under limitation and formed the civilization of Lemuria. And at its height the ionosphere was less intense. Then that was destroyed by atomic war. Well, there's a surprise. So karma had to be balanced and there was a shift in the axis of the earth and it resulted in catastrophic flooding and the ionosphere was intensified more so that by that time there was only partial cosmic ray bombardment. Then out of the ashes of Lemuria came the civilization of Atlantis, but even at its peak and they were more advanced than we are today the ionosphere was still less intense but of course we destroyed that and the great flood of the bible is of course the destruction of atlantis and here we are today and and we are now unable to withstand the cosmic ray bombardment and you only have to look at uh, the aurora borealis, and the, there's a northern hemisphere, and, the, and then there's the aurora australis, australis, which is the southern hemisphere. I mean, it looks beautiful, but that is the the Earth deflecting these cosmic rays away from our atmosphere. Really? Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, of course, the master of Sirius, you know, in 1960 he delivered a transmission entitled the new world mm-hmm. and i will I, might, I mean i might as well quote this it's a short but uh, and uh, he said that gradually the ion the ionization units around this earth of yours will be taken down this will allow a more complete cosmic bombardment of the surface of this earth of yours higher frequencies of light into the ultraviolet spectrum Will be freer to bombard the actual surface of terror, and I can tell you that that is already happening, because the ozone layer is like the lower part of the ionosphere, and in 1960, the holes in the ionosphere, which were subsequently discovered, they, that was not known about. And it's the ozone layer which absorbs the harmful ultraviolet radiation, and that is thinning out. And the, there's a hole which it increases and then decreases. It's also found over the Arctic. So, and but the the things that can deplete the ozone layer, it's not just uh, our pollution. You see. It's the Earth herself can do this. It can be the solar wind can affect the ozone layer. And uh, there will come a a tipping point when the ozone layer will will come down completely. So then we'll have more intense ultraviolet radiation. We still won't have um, cosmic ray bombardment, but that is all part and parcel of this gradual change towards the New Age. And the way... What we have to do to spiritualize ourselves is to avail ourselves, for instance, of energy from satellite number three. It's all part of a big plan to help us to absorb these energies, to radiate them outwards. And then gradually, our physical bodies will be able to withstand this higher frequency energy. This is the thing that we really have to do. We have to do that. Yeah, you're absolutely
1: right, Hudson. And a big worry for me, I was reading just now, just before the show, I don't know if you've heard of that, that Russia, the weekend, Russia fired a missile at one of its own satellites. The explosion generated thousands of pieces of shrapnel that are now zooming around in space. And other countries responded, and I think America said something to the effect of, oh, well, if they want to start a war, you know, we'll be prepared to have a war in space. So, you know, times are very vital, aren't they, Alison? I mean, you know, this type of thing is ridiculous.
2: It is so irresponsible. It's just another example of total disregard. I mean, at one point, they were going to fire a nuclear a missile at the moon just to see what happened, you know, out of yeah. curiosity. But luckily, that never happened. It was stopped in its tracks uh, by uh, divine intervention or... <laughs> So uh, thank goodness they've sort of moved away from that idea. You see, there w- I will say this. There was one experiment which was called Castle Bravo, and it was in the early 60s. And they detonated uh, a lithium bomb. in uh, a, wow. It's in the, one of the South Sea Islands. And it was so hot, even hundreds of miles away, that, um, and it started to eat its way through the earth, and mm-hmm. I can imagine that that is what happened on Maldek. It's a, a right. hydrogen bomb, but using lithium with the lithosphere. I mean, this is what the Earth's crust is, is named after, because you know, and lithium is a vital component of the Earth's crust. And to use it to destroy, to you know, to experiment with using a bomb, I think is absolutely atrocious. But thank God they decided never to do that again, because it was out of control. Luckily, it only went down about a thousand feet or something. But wow. you know, that's bad enough. You know, this is this is the sort of thing. That the Master Jesus is referring to when we tear her body with wounds, it's all this terrible experimentation, the bombs, the, you know, the killing. You know, anyway. Yeah, <laughs> you're absolutely that. right,
1: You always have some, such interesting uh, tidbits of information. <laughs> but I'm afraid it's it's uh, we've already halfway through the show, and I know we have so oh. much to talk about. So. Oh yes, we do. <laughs> Perhaps we could ask Naomi to kindly um, give any announcements. Thank you.
0: Well, thank you very much, Chrissy and Alison. You are listening to A series Radio Live with Chrissy Blaze and Alison Lawrence. On Tuesday, December the 8th at 7 p.m. GMT, and Rosso will be speaking about Atlantis, Lemuria, and Maldek, Discovering Our Forgotten History, and this will be a free event. It's a live-streamed event, and for more details, please visit our website, sirius.org. And on December the 10th, Satellite number 3 will leave orbit of Earth, marking the end of the fourth spiritual push for 2021, during which giant spray scat has flooded our world with much-needed spiritual energy since November the 4th. And again, you are warmly invited to join us for this potent last-hour service, which will be live-streamed from the Atherius Temple in Los Angeles. And you will find more information on our website, atherius.org, forward slash, online services. And the next Atherius Radio Live show will be on December the 21st, and it will be presented by Richard Lawrence and his guest, Brian Tanib, and they'll be discussing being a disciple from Christianity to King Yoga. That's all for the announcements, and I will hand you back to Chrissy Blaze and Alison Lawrence. Thank you, Maim. thank you,
1: thank you, uh, Alison. Let's get on to something yes. very positive, shall we? Um, yes. You know, oh right, um,
2: absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> the depressing, most important
1: isn't it <laughs> way, the most important event in our whole Ethereal Society calendar, and there are many, many important events, on July the 8th, 1964, the primary initiation of Earth took place. And we know that the Earth decided to await this wonderful cosmic initiation that she so rightfully deserved, so that we, the germs on her body, wonderful humanity, could enjoy our experience unperturbed. But however, it was decreed by the Lords of karma that she couldn't wait any longer. And at that time, she could have released the massive spiritual energies that she received at this time. But she decided to release them gradually so that we can still survive. Alison, can you shed more light on this? Can you explain this in more detail? What does this mean for us? How, How can we help the earth in this way? How can our efforts help the speeding up of this release of energy that she so deserves?
2: Well, it's following on from what we were saying. We have to spiritualize ourselves because we are heading towards the new age, and which the Master of refers to as the new world. And when we enter this era, the earth will be in a position to have full expression and it 's it is a very important thing i mean it 's not going to happen tomorrow it 's not going to happen in the next ten years it 's several generations away, but the earth is changing, and uh, we we can become part of this great change, provided we alter our whole mindset, we spiritualize ourselves and then we'll be in tune with the higher cosmic forces. But, you know, it's not going to be handed to us on a platter. We have to make that effort. And the key to our problem, as Dr. King has told us so definitely, is the spiritual energy crisis, the lack of spiritual energy, the lack of output of spiritual energy into the mind belt. And the best way to do that is through, through prayer, definitely, tuning into satellite number three, cooperating with the, the cosmic masters who have a plan. Because if we send out this energy into the mind belt, it's going to counteract the prevalent negative energy which flows around and affects everybody. And people don't realize, they don't understand that thought has power. Everything we think has all the different aspects to it. It has form, it has sound, it has smell. It's like all the five senses can be reflected in a subtle way through thoughts and these hang in the mind belt. And then people tune into them. And the more you, you're used to tuning into a certain type of thought, this is what they call the samskaras. They're the channels that you create. Then the vrittis are these re- recurring thoughts. And what we have to do is learn to close down these nasty channels where you draw down nasty energy and create new ones, positive energy, spiritual energy, and then we'll open up our higher psychic centers. Um, you know, that is what we have to do and it has to be a coordinated effort and that's what will make it that much more powerful. In fact, Dr. King has referred to uh, our, our coordinated effort as the thin white line. He, taught, he referred to this quite a lot. And this is why, you know, what we're doing now is our online 12 Blessings service, you know, which is global. We're sending out energy. And then the more we do that, the more we manipulate karma so that there can be more divine intervention And it's something that will just build on itself. Because, you know, the actions of one affects the whole. And therefore, right action on our part will also enable the Mother Earth to be able to start releasing her energies more quickly. You know, this this is the direction that we have to go in. It's terribly important that we understand that.
1: Yes, thank you, Alison, for explaining so clearly how... We can, um, you know, how we must be controlling our thoughts and why and how we must be helping to solve this spiritual energy crisis through our, our spiritual actions. And you mentioned the online Twelve Blessings. For those who might be new listening to this, everyone can join these, and please do. In fact, all the teachings of the Assyria Society, except for a very, very few, are available to everybody because the messages, the transmissions were given to the, given to the whole world. Yes, that's right. Not...
2: that's
1: right. It's not... And that's right. And the online 12 Blessings, you can join. You can go to www.12blessings.org and please do join with people in many, many countries of the world in these regular services where we are sending out spiritual energy. But Alison, as well as these things that you've mentioned so yes. well, thank you, uh, I think another thing is to gain in our appreciation and understanding of the mother earth and this is where our master comes in because he taught us so much about the earth but also um, being such an advanced person as he was a cosmic uh, master himself he was one of the few people who actually visited the earth the logos of the earth incredible experience and this is something very precious and should have been a very private experience for him, but he decided uh, to share it with others, and he did so in his wonderful book, Visit to the Logos of Earth. Alison, I know that you're, you know a lot about this experience and have studied it. I wondered if you could um, just give a few, um, you know, some outline
2: about what happened
1: in this wonderful experience.
2: Yes, well, as you said, very, very few people throughout our history have ever had such a privilege Now, uh, our Master, Dr. King, was granted an audience with the Lord of the Flame, the the Three Lords of the Flame, on the first of, uh, this is the first one, November the 29th, 1979, because I think now we're going back. When Dr. King experienced this elevated state of cosmic consciousness, he was aware of the life force of the planet. And when he came out of this, he felt it was his life's mission to do something to help the Mother Earth. And he, he was granted an audience with the laws of the flame because he had developed this mission we refer to as Operation Sunbeam and other missions as well which are designed to give something back to the Mother Earth. But the second visit when he, this was on the 23rd of January, 1980, he was actually given this unique privilege of witnessing an aspect of the flame itself. And he describes this. Um, I, think it, I think I will read, it's only a paragraph, just what it looked mm-hmm. like. And, Please uh, yes, and he, I'm quoting now from Visit to the Logos of Earth. I stood there transfixed, paralyzed, absolutely fascinated by the indescribable movement within this living flame. Even as I gazed in fascinated awe at the stupendous power within this flame, she seemed to change before my very eyes and for a fraction of a second she would take on a definite shape like a large ovoid or part of an ovoid and then a circle, then millions of squares, oblongs, pyramids, hexagons, and then these would disappear and the flame itself would revert back to giant and multicolored fingers of mystic fire reaching upwards. That's a brief description of what Dr. King actually witnessed. And he had to be prepared for this. He had to wear special protective clothing. Um, he had to drink a special liquid. He had to be completely prepared. And then, even then, when he was taken to the, uh, this, through this archway, when he gazed, he was, there was a big protective barrier, but he could just see this, just for a short while. And when, you, when you've witnessed that, it will live within you forever. How many people could ever appreciate the intense emotion that he must have felt to see the living logos of a planetary being? And, you know, he came up with a way to give something back. I mean, we can pray for the Earth, and in our position, that's what we must do. But he found a way to actually give something back to the planet, something that she would accept. I mean, we talk about offerings and the sacrifices to Gaia, to Mother Earth. but to really we're just giving back to the Earth what she has given to us anyway, the fruits of the Earth. We can't give them back to her. But what she can receive is energy, spiritual energy of very high caliber. And this is the whole basis of the great mission, uh, which we can talk about shortly, and other missions, Operation Sunbeam, the Saturn mission. Those are two missions performed by the Aetherius Society that directly help the Mother Earth you see, because, like us, a planet has psychic centers. Now, not many people know that, but Dr. King was able to find some of these, and uh, he came up with this means it was It was really unbelievable, and this mission then inspired the galaxy I mean, I think it 's a unique moment in the annals of cosmic history, and we are can be part of this yeah Alison that was um,
1: fantastic thank you for reading that about that master's experience and I think just hearing that if you've heard it for the first time or if you've read it many times before it's an initiation for ourselves and just hearing that and understanding it helps us to advance and the more we can read that the more we can appreciate the earth it helps us to advance and I'm so glad that you mentioned Operation Sunbeam uh, in the way that you did, and because I'd love you to uh, explain more about this mission, which is so precious and so vital, this karmic manipulation on behalf of humanity. And do you think it's also a way that we, through Operation Sunbeam we can directly help the Earth? Or you know, perhaps you could explain that.
2: Right. We ourselves are not advanced enough to be able to invoke the energy that would be acceptable to the planetary Logos. But because of Dr. King's unique status as primary terrestrial mental channel, he had contact with beings from other worlds, not just in this solar system, but beyond, beings far more spiritually advanced than us. And they could invoke the quality of energy which was directed through specialized equipment that he designed, and this energy would then be manipulated into a psychic center of Earth. And there are three highly advanced individuals known to us as the Masters from Gotha, and they come from a distant solar system, and they are living here on Earth in the uh, the retreats of the spiritual hierarchy of earth and they have volunteered to stay here as long as is necessary in order to play their vital role in the performance of operation sunbeam now and into the future now you could say well what do we do well dr king found a way to create shall we say a karmic anchor so that we could become part of it and that part of, the part that we play is using the equipment designed by Dr. King. And, you know, I can't go into the methodology of it, but we, we can perform, this mission can be performed in cooperation with the Masters and Gotha. Uh, and that is a great karmic manipulation. And we're doing this on behalf of the human race. And it's very important that we understand this. And the effects of this mission are very far-reaching because they have told us that the tectonic plates are moving more slowly because without a divine or cosmic intervention, I think our world would be a very different place even now. I mean, certain fault lines haven't opened up. And uh, it's a very powerful karmic tool touched by human hands and that is what makes it so important in these days and i think even you know on at a level where we can put this energy out onto the mind belt it is going to affect everybody very much so so that is the performance of operation sunbeam and uh, it's gone through various transformations. And we now have set times when this is performed. And w- the Masters from Gotha are going to cooperate with us, even after the passing of Dr. King. And that is the most fantastic opportunity that, that we can ever have, knowing that we're cooperating with beings like that. They're here in sacrifice. They've left their own world to be here okay with the spiritual hierarchy of earth and they're limited because they have to be here at certain times ready to perform their part in this mission. Thank you for explaining that Alison. What you
1: mentioned also other cosmic missions that we perform in the Assyria Society on behalf of humanity. Uh, Perhaps you could kindly um, briefly go over those.
2: Right, yes I will, okay. Well, there's another mission that's very important, which we perform, and that is the Saturn mission, and I'll explain the difference. Now, in Operation Sunbeam, a charge of energy is invoked by the Master from Gotha, radiated through special equipment, and then beamed down into a psychic center of Earth. Now, in the Saturn mission, a special battery is charged by the adepts, six adepts taken over a psychic center which is over water or under water under a body of water a special beam is placed on the battery and discharged and this energy is then mingled with the natural energies flowing outwards from a psychic center of earth and it's because this energy is gradually being released since particularly since the initiation of earth And this mission is performed under the overall control of Saturn High Command and is performed for DEVIC stabilization and world peace. And a byproduct of this mission is the saving of 90,000 lives per phase from death or mutilation caused by natural catastrophe, not war. That's very specific, natural catastrophe like earthquakes, flooding, for fires or whatever, you know. So that, that is the difference between the Operation Sunbeam and the Saturn mission. Now, there's another mission that is talked about, which is Operation Earthlight, although we don't actually perform this now. But Dr. King designed specialized equipment, and the purpose of this was to draw energies from a psychic center of Earth and send this directly to the higher devic Kingdom. And this Collector, which is called, would help to stabilize energies from the Mother Earth which are gradually being released since her initiation. However, this mission was given to the spiritual hierarchy of Earth. And there's another book that has been published. Called Operation Earthlight, and it describes how this is performed, and I certainly recommend reading reading this. But uh, the Lords of the Flame accepted this mission as well as Operation Sunbeam. But then there's one another mission which we, we can call it that, and that's Operation Prayer Power, although it's not directly performed for the Mother Earth. We are performing this ourselves and it was designed for us to be able to invoke energy ourselves and the energy is then manipulated by satellite number three and sent to areas where relief is needed the most and it was accepted into the Cosmic Plan for Our World in 1975, only two years after its inauguration. Once again, it comes down to this. We must realize that we sensitize ourselves to higher vibrations, and it enables the Mother Earth to release more of her energies that she received after her long-awaited initiation. And this is part of it. We're helping to spiritually, this mission, Operation Prayer Power, by using the 12 blessings as our focal point, Enables us to raise our concentration of our, vibra- our vibration. We're focusing on higher concepts and You know that has got to have a beneficial effect Yeah, well, thank you Alison so, so clearly going through uh, the difference
1: between the missions that are connected to the earth and the way that you have But and I guess there is quick, one other
2: thing. Uh, yes, I do want to second. say this about operation prayer power which when it was launched in 1972 it was designed to bring ecological balance on earth that was the original exactly. concept yes and it, of course it's gone forward from there and uh, you know it's just uh, really amazing amazing things that we do for the earth and for humanity as well
1: yes yeah, thank you for reminding us about that uh, you know how Operation Prayer Power was first given, who it was given to. And I just want to do a quick promo here, uh, yeah. because we do have Operation Prayer Power in only five centers of the world. And there's one right here in Royal Oak, Michigan, where we're broadcasting a serious radio live from, also in London, north of England, Auckland, New Zealand, and Los Angeles, California. So if you are fortunate enough to be near a center, then please do a uh, Come along and find out how you can participate in a cosmic mission designed for the peace and enlightenment of humanity. Uh, Wonderful opportunity. So Alison, uh, you've mentioned also in talking about the Saturn mission and Operation Earthlight about the high-frequency energies being sent to the the, the Hyadesic Kingdom. And perhaps we can talk a little bit about that in the few minutes we have left. I know both of us, this is one of our favorite topics. I know Um, we can go on all night. (laughs) Yes, indeed. Uh, The Divic kingdom, if you're not familiar with that term, is uh, the nature spirits of Earth. And, Alison, do you think by uh, learning more about the divas, uh, communing with the divas, this too is helpful to the Earth as well as the people, us, on the Earth?
2: Absolutely. I mean, there is a divic kingdom on every planet. But the divic kingdom, especially on this planet, they're limited ...by the output, the energy output of the human race. They can only work with the energy that we give them. In a perfect world where everyone was spiritual... We would have perfect weather conditions. Everything would be absolutely perfect. We would be more psychic. We'd be more advanced. We would cooperate directly with them. And they would commune far more with us than they do at the moment. Because, um, you know, when there's all this hate flooding around in the mind belt, they nevertheless have to use this energy. They may not like to. You see, the, the Devic Kingdom is a parallel kingdom and there are certain aspects of it, the, like the lower uh, entities like the elves and the fairies, they, they're more on the physical plane. But I can tell you, you, you know, you can, there are Divas that govern like a mountain chain, all weather conditions. And I have to say that um, during the performance of the Saturn mission this year, I had the most incredible experience, which I'll share with you. We were, we were um, heading out with the battery and uh, over water, and there was a heavy mist came down. And I looked out, and I thought, how are we going to get through this? And I could see a large figure inside this mist and uh, it it had its arms open outstretched and it didn't have it didn't have a, a legs but it sort of like tailed off you know the way they're sometimes portrayed and it was just like welcoming us it was telling us beckoning us to come forward and then it disappeared in front of my eyes and then suddenly the mist began to lift and <laughs> It, I, I saw that. Uh, at first I thought, am I looking at it through, uh, is it reflection through the, uh, through the glass? But it wasn't, because when I came up on the deck I could still see it. So that was a real experience that I had, and it'll live with me forever. We were on the mission. And, you know, I thank God that I was given that experience, because it just well, proves to me all, all the more how real this really is. Well, thank you for sharing that really fantastic
1: experience, Alison. Uh, But there's something, you know, I'd like everyone to realize that they too can prove to themselves that this kingdom of nature exists. As Dr. King used to urge us to do, go out into nature alone if you can or be with someone of like mind and just offer quietly your gratitude. Spend a few minutes waiting and you may well feel as I have many times, and I know Alison has too, the response from the divas, uh, you will feel it. And some of you may even see the divas, but it's very real, as Alison said, and you can prove it to yourselves. Um, but Alison, we only have a couple of minutes left, oh my. unfortunately, and I wonder then if you have any closing words or any thoughts that you could share about this time when so many millions of people around the world are really concerned about the future of our planet.
2: I think I've thought about this quite a lot, and I think we have to have in our minds a vision of the new world, the world as it will be. And the missing, the missing link in all this, is the, the prophecies that were given about the new age, is the fact that the earth is a living entity, and it's a new era for Mother Earth as well as the human race, when she will be free from the burden of the limitation. And the Master Sirius gives a most wonderful description about the new world as it will be. We'll be able to bathe ourselves in the great light from, of the logos. We'll have we won't age. We'll learn to communicate with all the worlds. We'll conquer all space will be above war. You know, I know we're running out of time, but it is the most wonderful vision of our world as it will be.
1: I think that's a perfect
2: way to end. Thank you very much, Alison,
1: for this fascinating show. And uh, Thank you. Thank you. And over to Naomi for the close. Thank you so much. Thank you, Chrissy.
0: Well, thank you very much, Chrissy and Alison, for giving us examples of positive ways we can help the Mother Earth. And if you'd like to find out more on the facts and publications mentioned in the show, please visit atherius.org. And you can also connect with Chrissy through her website, astrologicity.com, and with Alison through atherius.org. And the next Aetherius Radio live show will be on Tuesday, 21st of December, with Richard Lawrence and his guest, Brian Kniep. And they'll be speaking about being a disciple from Christianity to King Yoga. We hope you enjoyed the show. Thank you very much for listening.